1: Bye. Hey. How are ya?
0: <laughs> I'm alright. I'm, I'm back, but I'm full of cocksacky virus. Uh, how do you know exactly what virus it is? I was wondering about that. It's really cool because I, I took my daughter to the doctor because she was sick. Um, and the pediatrician has some new strange device that pediatricians didn't have when I was a kid. And that's the ability to actually test for viruses right in the office, like right there. Oh, wow. And they thought it may have been strep. So they, they swabbed her throat, and they threw it in uh, this little machine. I don't know. It had a flux capacitor and I think. <laughs> and, uh, within How many minutes, gigawatts? It was 7 billion gigawatts. And uh, within minutes, it told her that it was negative for strep, but then she saw some other symptoms
1: that she had that she said it was pretty much uh, a given that it was a Coxsackie virus. And then a DeLorean crashed through the front door. And... <laughs> That's right. So what's going on?
0: What, my, what? my whole family is sick because of that.
1: I talked about that. It's, uh, it's a hoof-and-mouth disease, I think. <laughs> really? Well, that's not good. That, that certainly doesn't sound like something I'd want. Yeah, my voice is affected. You can probably tell. John sounds a little ill. He's illin'. I'd be illin'. So, you know, there is Floyd Landis news. <laughs> that was me throwing up. <laughs> you know, he made public, and I don't even know if he can get in trouble for this, but that p- report... From the med lab that, that ran his urine tests mm-hmm. They had like a 400 page report And he put like some of the Smoking gun documents online As really? a powerpoint presentation on his Website so I don't know if he Owns that you know what I mean it's probably like the tour de France Or the lab that actually owns those Those lab results right, right. But he put them up because he's determined To get a public hearing So I, I mean I, I'm, I'm just guessing I don't know if they're going to attempt to Cause him to take them offline whether he's in desist Or not but um, I haven't downloaded them yet but I uh, I can open PowerPoint uh, I can open PowerPoint documents with uh, OpenOffice which is that uh, sure. Sun Microsystems I don't really have much Microsoft stuff installed on my computer but you know something cool well actually not so cool my computer's been Behaving Or misbehaving lately Ain't misbehaving yeah, No it is misbehaving And I didn't know what it was I didn't know if it was the BIOS getting all flaky Or if my like reset switch membrane was getting sticky I know I talked about that with you You said membrane <laughs> I did <laughs> Wasn't that a rap song in insane in the membrane. Yeah. Insane in the membrane. I used yeah. to have that as a ringtone. Oh, you're you're, you're the man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> if I knew that, my, wow, I would just look up to you so much more. So anyway, I just couldn't diagnose the problem, so I called these local guys, and I think they're really good. Affordable Computer Solutions, 8142-Second Turnpike, Clinton, New York, and... um cnycomputer.com and not only what was great about this was that not only did he have it turns out i needed a new motherboard because the capacitors on my motherboard were leaking and popped Losing. you know, they were. You saw them. They were actually oozing like electrolyte, you know, just bad. It tasted so they, awful. They needed a Gatorade or something <laughs> that's what they needed. And anyway, he had a, a motherboard with a socket that was right for my two- or three-year-old uh, Athlon chip that's in there, and he did all this work for me, and he spent an hour and a half helping me reconfigure windows and just getting it all working. He got in the BIOS and just made all the settings right, and he only charged me about 100 bucks. So that was for the motherboard and the labor. I, I think that's pretty good because I get my computer back. I don't have to buy a new one, and we're good to go. Yeah, and, and if you want to get a new battery for
0: an iPod, it costs you about 100 bucks too.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. And I actually find my computer more useful than an iPod because I edit our shows on it and download porn. Well, yeah, one out of two ain't bad. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I don't actually don't download porn. I I upload porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as long as you're not doing that across borders. <laughs> no, because that would violate ITAR or something. What you call me? Listen, man, just have a swig of that coffee and you'd just be chilling.
0: Yeah, I'm not drinking wine today. I'm drinking uh, the
1: bean. I am not drinking wine either because I don't want to drink a whole bottle because I got to drive. <laughs> you wouldn't be drinking alone, though. No. I'd just be watching you laughing yeah. as you fall down. Yep. And uh, But you drank the good one anyway, jerk. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was sitting there and it needed drinking. <laughs> it's sort of like needed killing, you know? <laughs> That's like a murder defense in some states. Uh, well, Your Honor, he needed killing. He needed killing. Did he really? Yes, your honor. Well, all right then. He had it coming. <laughs> I saw a comedian say that that was a real defense in the state of Texas. He, he needed had it killin'. had it coming. <laughs> no, he needed killing. It was a pretty... It's in the Texas Penal Code. It, it is. So, yeah, anyway. So, you got
0: anything for the intro? <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to mention this great website that I found because I, you know, had nothing better to do than to just browse the web. The Sharper Image? No. Richard Talheimer? No. Toys for men who have everything? No, this is one of those sites that just has a bunch of information, useless knowledge that... uh, (laughs) Like most of the sites we visit. 99.9% of the information on the web is useless. But this one's actually good because it's uh, stuff that I've always been wondering. It's where do bands get their names? Where do bands get their names? Well, this is an A to Z list of, of band names, and most of them are on there. Not all of them, obviously. Uh, I'll give you a couple examples here. All right, uh, let me
1: let me name a name of a man. name. Name
0: James Taylor. That's a
1: guy. Where'd Let's he get see. his name? Uh James Taylor is not in here. <laughs> oh. Okay. So it's, it's Jethro not all, Tull is it's though. not all encompassing then, is it?
0: Jethro Tall was named after a rather obscure inventor of the farmer's
1: seed drill. I did know that because I heard Ian Anderson talking about that once. Really? Mm-hmm. Jane's addiction. You know where they got their name? I sure don't. It's a
0: prostitute. Her name was Jane, and she said that that band is her addiction.
1: Oh wow,
0: it makes sense, doesn't it?
1: But that sounds like a bizarre self-reference thing. It's it like is. how could they, so they didn't have their name yet? They were like the unnamed band, and she got addicted to them, and then they decided to name themselves after a junkie prostitute. Yeah, they were they were playing
0: somewhere under some other name. It doesn't say in the list, oh, okay. and then someone called them the Addiction. There you go. Give me another one.
1: Shoot. Um, Boston.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They got their name from a city called New York. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. How about, uh, Kansas? (laughs) (laughs) You're killing me. Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, the hypnotic clam
0: bake. Oh, come on. Give me something that is on the list. Okay, uh,
1: I I don't know. I'm drawing blanks at the
0: moment. You can't think of a band name? King Crimson. Okay, let's think of King Crimson. Is it on here? No, it is. Yes. This is from the official website of the band. Uh, Let's see. The original lyricist Peter Sinfield created it as a synonym for Beelzebub. Okay. Which is derived from an Arabic phrase, Bil Sabab, meaning the man with an aim.
1: Well, there you go. You know...
0: I'm not getting anything out of that definition, but <laughs> <laughs> but some of these are great. I mean Weezer. Yeah. You know the band Weezer? I do. Uh, one of the coolest
1: videos ever.
0: Yeah, the when they were in with uh, Happy Days. It, it, that's right. Yeah. The a band member a band member, his name is Rivers Cuomo. He had the nickname Weezer in school because he had a breathing problem.
1: <laughs> so basically <laughs> everybody with <laughs> asthma gets in a band named Weezer. Well, no. He was the first and I don't think anyone else can take it. All right. White snake. Remember that
0: band? <laughs> <laughs> she tell me. It comes from a white albino ball python snake owned by David Coverdale while in deep purple.
1: Well, there you go. Yeesh. Look at that, huh?
0: So this is a great site. I'm going to put the link to that on there. You could waste probably six or seven hours looking at this stuff.
1: I hope so. So let's see. My Mets are still in the playoffs. They're they sure one is. and one. They won the first game with a great performance by Mr. Glavin, and uh, it was all over the place yesterday. It was a hitting. Uh, it was a hitting matchup yesterday. Their their Cy Young winner didn't really keep the Mets from scoring any runs. They just scored more. So we got a game starting in about a couple hours with uh, Traxel pitching. Who knows? Maybe we'll win one. But I got to tell you, I'm not feeling good about this series. I'm not. I mean, I don't I don't want to dwell on the negative, but I just got a gut feeling. You know, I just don't think we're gonna win it. I of course want to, just don't feel not feeling it right now though. As you saw with the Yankees, anyone can be beat by good pitching. Or, lack of hitting. <laughs> well, lack of hitting comes from good pitching. <laughs> sometimes. and then other times guys just well, don't show up.
0: what I, what I believe what happened with the Yankees is they got nailed with great hitting. Some of these pitchers, they 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 had the performance of their life,
1: yeah, well, and there you go. And now, if you're going to step up, step up during the playoffs, right? Yankees step down. They pretty much coasted into the playoffs and then fell asleep. Yeah, and don't fire Torrey. He's fine. Well, they're not going to. They came yeah. out and said they're
0: not going to. Yeah,
1: you know, Steinbrenner's just a jerk.
0: Yeah, and and it kind of irked me when people started saying that, that Torrey should be fired. I'm thinking, this guy... This his,
1: guy! This guy
0: went 11 straight years, and every year brought his team to the playoffs. And four of those years, he won a World Series.
1: And I gotta like him just because he used to be a player manager for the Mets well, back there in, you in the go. 70s. You know?
0: And, you know, he's a rough-and-tumble catcher too but I mean this guy has a great record and they're talking about firing him just because he didn't win a world series you're killing me or make it to the second round of the playoffs anyway yeah which led up to the world series
1: (laughs) well in New York City unfortunately that's a a killable offense so yeah that's a city that demands a lot it asks a lot of its teams so he he was only asked to cut off one of his pinkies and -hmm. then he returned to work the next day yeah I'm gonna be talking about a famous New York team a little later We'll let that be a surprise, though. It's a surprise. We've we've got tunage, though. We got a tune. It's one of your favorite bands. And speaking of
0: people from New York, oh yeah, that's a, a New York band. Hot babes from New York. That's right. They're back in action. <laughs> the lascivious biddies. Yep. What's this one called? They've got a message for you.
2: If the deficit's got you feeling blue, take a stroll to the pole, and here's what you do: you better cast that ballot. your voice be heard so you say your party's not to blame elephants and donkeys are not the same you better cast that ballot cast that ballot ballot. you better cast that ballot and pick your favorite name pink slips layoffs unemployment giving me the blues Medicare, the NRA, there's so much to think about every day. You better cast that ballot. Cast that ballot. A soccer mom or an NASCAR dad Never went to college but you wish you had You better cast that ballot Cast that ballot Cast that ballot ballot. You better cast that ballot If you don't you'll just be sad Some folks say the market's gonna tank it may be true Losing all our social security It could happen to me, to you If you're a right wing hawk who's for the war Peace, love and hippie that cast, that cast that ballot, cast that ballot, you better cast that ballot and give your piece a chance. I told you once, I told you twice, being patriotic is oh so nice. You, you better cast that ballot, it's the only true American way.
1: How you feeling about that, John? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's the spinal tap line.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, November's coming up. You got to cast the ballot. Not Do a your big, thing. not a
1: big believer in the ballot casting anymore. Uh, would you? Uh, huh? <laughs> in, in the immortal words of Scooby? Huh? huh? <laughs> Yeah, I just, you know, I think Kirsten and I agree on this one. I don't think there's, I think they've, you know, the system is so disenfranchised and so screwed up. And I think it's been done on purpose. And I, I think voting is largely irrelevant. You know, we get these two awful choices. And you know what? I choose not to vote because the right not to vote is just as important as the right to vote. Exactly. If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice in the immortal words
0: of Rush. In <laughs> the immortal words of Getty Lee. <laughs> well, oh, my you know God. know I heard Speaking someone... of Rush. No. I heard someone on the radio... Yeah, Rush Limbaugh. I heard someone on the radio say the other day,
1: if you don't vote, then you've got no right to complain. And I take issue with that. I do, too, because since when does not voting get rid of your right to free speech, you know? Well, it's not even that. I'm thinking to myself, if you've got choice A, which sucks choice b which sucks
0: and those are the only choices that you have for a certain candidate you can choose to essentially cast a a vote for both or neither by not voting it's mathematically the same thing that's your choice and you can have a right to complain and say both of those guys sucked and whichever one gets in i can complain because i'm a member of the society free speech all of that yeah it kills me that people say don't complain if you don't vote
1: yeah, well, that's just a non-argument, and I take umbrage and issue with everyone who says yeah. that, and I get in their face and give them a counter-argument that they have. You know, what can they do? Yeah, so can't, can't beat the logic. Usually, what I do is
0: I go into the the, the booth with the curtain, with the lever, with, the, <laughs> the, with wizard, the little things. We're not
1: talking about the Wizard of Oz. No, no, different oh. booth. Oh,
0: and I I cast my ballot, and if I see two choices that I I really can't make a decision on, I just don't vote for that office. I vote for the people who I feel comfortable voting for but i leave the rest blank
1: well i'm not too uh keen on voting on these atm style you know push screen devices because i think they're flawed you know i think the ballot should be paper or hopefully new york this year is still going to use the good old-fashioned machine with the levers i think they still are going to be this year but i think they're going to be moving away from it soon well when they move away from it i'm going to be asking for paper ballots if i'm if i'm Voting in that particular election, I got to find out what the legalities are based on uh, being able to ask for a paper ballot and being given one. You know? I think that you should still be able to ask for one Is it? because I think they have to have a backup anyways. I, I suspect, though, conveniently there won't be any there. You know, that will be <laughs> one of those type situations, you know. Yeah, alright. <laughs> sort of our little mini segment on casting the ballot. I kind of want to go in a different direction, and I have no idea where to go with this, so we're You're just going to kind of, we're going to meander through this, kind of like the old days, like when we would just pick a topic, have no idea where it was going to go, and then it would just go somewhere. So we're going to just let it flow. Gaze with guns. We're... Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> the internal combustion engine is neither internal or combustion. You know, I, we, we have a, a, a girl who does cleaning at the, at the where I work, and she had a baby, so she's been out on her maternity leave. Mm-hmm. So they've been bringing temps in to do the work, which kind of sucks because, you know, it's like a new temp every second day. So you kind of got to teach them the job, which takes right. time away from their boss, which happens to be the production manager. He oversees the maintenance people. But I see these people walking around. And I just see like this deer in the headlights gaze out of their glassy eyes, you know, just hating the whole temping thing. And I have a, I mean, temping is great, I guess, fine, right? They're providing jobs for people, but they're not real jobs. You know, there's no benefits. And I have issues with the very idea that I, I suspect, and I may be wrong, but I suspect temp agencies were created, actually, so that corporations could avoid paying for benefits because they can avoid that if you're under 40 hours and – so I have issues with that sort of, I mean, the kind of where our job market is going. I mean, unfortunately, I'm not sure I see a good solution for it. Yeah, I saw the same
0: thing when I was doing IT work and consulting. I saw that uh, people would take consultants on because they didn't want to pay for their, their benefits. Same exact thing. Right. But consultants in the IT world, they're getting paid good bucks. You know, they're just not getting the benefits on top of that. You know, the the company that they were working for would pay the benefits. But a company wouldn't want to, the company that was hiring the the consultants wouldn't want to put them on the payroll for a full year. They want it to be on, you know, for three or four months.
1: Right. Well, this takes me to something I was talking about. I've mentioned it two or three times over the year and a half or whatever that we've been doing the show. But there's this great paradox that that Thomas Edison used to talk about in market economies. That's that you have to pay your people enough to be able to buy, to afford to buy the things you make. Sure. And we're actually getting to the point where that's not true anymore. You know, uh, someone without uh, a pretty... I mean, even a four-year degree is sort of like a high school diploma was, like in the 60s, you know? There's just mm-hmm. there's not a lot of jobs out there anymore that pay well. So unless you have a fairly advanced degree, you're kind of stuck with a job that's basically paycheck to paycheck. In fact, economists have coined a new term for these people, and they're called the near poor. Right. On the verge of just falling
0: off the edge. Yeah. And, and the other problem is... A lot of companies aren't making anything. So when you say being able to afford the things that the company makes, people don't make things much anymore in the
1: U.S. at least. Yeah, we're not really making things like we used to. We're not the manufacturing giant that we were. That's all, of course, been shipped overseas. Unless you want fries with that. Well, and and that's funny because uh, during the Bush administration, they redefined manufacturing jobs as making burgers. You know, you're assembling a burger. So they started (laughs) calling fast food jobs, you know, assembly jobs. Yeah, And that's just crazy. And, and, you know, and again, I don't really have a a direct sort of sort of point to where I'm saying I'm just kind of meandering around the whole concept that people aren't making what they need to make, you know, living wages. And now, you know, we hear these politicians, it is time to cast that ballot. It's election time. We hear these politicians talking about tax relief for the middle class. Uh, Okay, great. What are they going to? get him an extra hundred dollars you know uh, come April. I mean $100 dollars isn't changing anybody's life significantly. We don't need the middle class we don't need we don't need tax breaks we need real jobs that pay real wages you know but of course politicians can't talk about legislating corporations to keep jobs here because of course then it's not a free market anymore and Kirsten would, would absolutely hate that. <laughs> Yeah. But they can talk about changing the tax structure so that some, you know, the, you throw the middle class and the poor people another hundred bucks a year. Ooh, that's going to make a difference. Well, it's it's uh,
0: you know, same thing that the Coliseum was for the masses. You know, <laughs> you know, give them a little bit of a, a little opiate, and then uh, they won't they won't keep their eyes on what the real problem is. You know, the thing that I'm seeing is that kind of like what we were saying about uh, voting. You know, there really is no left and right anymore. There really is no choice uh, to put people in, in government that's going to that's gonna do anything different. Everyone's going to go to the um, Capitol Hill and they're going to do the same exact thing that they've been doing for, well, 200 and some odd years. Nothing. They're, they're trying to stay in office. They're, they're trying to promote themselves or... People who are buddies of theirs. They're not going to be trying to help the middle class. I think Lou Dobbs has a, a book out now. Have you heard about this? Mm, I, don't, I don't know. Tell me. He's, uh, I, Lou Dobbs is the guy, I think, on CNN. He, um, he's he got a book that's about the war on the middle class. He's saying that he's not voting for anyone. He wants everyone now to, to register as independent and in case in some cases just don't vote at all. Um, I want to read the book. I saw him on Larry King. I, I was just flipping through the, through the dial and I saw him talking about this where he's just completely u- upset about where both parties have gone he said both parties are corrupt we should just start you know sh- sending them a real message by pulling ourselves out of either party because they won't have a base anymore
1: so he he's, I'm not sure that's a great solution I mean you only need one vote if, 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 if <laughs> a candidate can vote for himself. So it's not like they're going to get zero votes just by extracting yourself from a party, you know? Well, they should extract themselves from the party and then start looking for alternatives, you know? Well, we need we need more real parties. I mean, I'm a registered green, you know, and that's sort of become a legitimate party. Your thumb is green, too. Yeah, well, and I'm going to talk about something green. When we talk about this this movie later, It's there's a green story. <laughs> remind me about the green story. <laughs> okay, green story. No, remind me when I'm doing that about the green story. Okay, remind me to remind you, and I'll remind I'll, you. I'll do my best. So again, I don't. I'm not really sure where I want to go with this conversation, but it really bothers me that I hear these politicians talking about tax relief. Well, and this amount of tax relief that they're going to give the middle class or the poor isn't going to change a damn thing. Well, the, the the hurt that I'm feeling is both my wife and and myself. We're working.
0: We're working more than forty hours a week. While she's she's working about forty five hours a week, and I'm working about fifty to sixty hours a week. And we're just barely making it. We're barely making it because we have three kids. We want those kids to have a decent education, put food on the table, and we don't want to live in a shack on the side of the railroad. In a van know? down by the river? That's right. And, and a friend of mine I used to work with, he used to say the same thing all the time. He said, you know, gone are the days where a guy could go work in a factory for 40 hours, maybe work 50, 60 hours to get some overtime pay to pay for the, the swimming pool in his backyard. But he would have a house... Two cars and a boat and everything would be just fine. Right now, people can't afford those
1: things anymore. They can't afford a decent lifestyle. Well, I I would argue that those aren't necessarily things <laughs> one should aspire to anyway, but No, but I think the the point is that It was like when my dad got out of got out of high school, you know, you could kind of go work in Detroit or wherever, you know, and get a mm-hmm. decent job. There were a lot of manufacturers in this area. They were all aerospace or electronics, you know, GE right. or Bendix. But you could go there and you could have a, a new vehicle and you could buy a house and you could have a couple of kids and kind of get by and put a little money away too. And and those days are just long gone. And I'm just wondering I mean, based on the direction things are going, where is it going to go? Because it can only get worse, right? You know, employers are still going to want to pay less. Expenses are still going up, the cost mm-hmm. of doing business. I mean, but there's a, a point at which there's oh, – what do I want to say? There's a point at which you cannot pay your people any less, <laughs> right? Right. And, I mean, so what is coming in the next 10 or 20 years? I mean, what sort of revolution is going to happen? I mean, or, or what is going to happen? I mean – if I had to speculate based on the kind of reactionary governments we have, uh, and the kind of spying they're doing, and the kind of little police state they're creating, I mean, it doesn't bode well. I mean, I can see you know people getting very desperate and starting to do desperate things, like desperate people are want to do, and their governments reacting to that. I mean, Kent State type stuff, where they call out the National Guard and bad, you know, we have Americans fighting Americans again and, and stuff like that. I mean. I, I mean, I, I just have these sort of nightmare scenarios in my head because, you know... Visions? No, no. You my, see voices, swirling colors? Not, burning bushes. I, <laughs> I keep going there. But, you know, I it, I just see these sort of nightmarish scenarios that, you know, this isn't the kind of America I, I I want to continue to grow up in, as it were, you know? You're still growing? Well, I'm not going to get any taller, but I'm getting older. <laughs> Your hair's still growing I like to think I'm growing you your, know, emotionally, your fingernails are still growing Emotionally You know Growing as a person I like to think I'm always growing I know you've stopped But it doesn't mean <laughs> I have to I haven't stopped I've started shrinking so anyway, that's just sort of my little rant about this this new class of people this near poor and and hearing these these politicians just talking about tax relief. No, would they need you know jobs with living that pay living wages? That's what we need absolutely and unfortunately, it doesn't look like. Corporations are going to provide that because look at the trends. You know, they're, they're all service sector jobs. Heck, I drive by the new Lowe's that they're opening up down there in Oneida. Every time I uh, come here, I drive by it twice. And, I mean, you know, there's one a few miles in that direction. I'm pointing over my right shoulder. There's one, you know, 20 miles in that direction. I'm pointing over my left shoulder. No, there's two. There's one in Utica and Rome. You know, we just, people just can't live on that sort of stuff. But I don't know. There needs to be some drastic changes. Who well, is the agent for change? Walmart. I think that they've got the, the change, and it's in aisle
0: 14. <laughs> no, and, it's in their cash registers. And when I retire, I'll put on one of the blue vests,
1: and I'll welcome people to the store. That's mm-hmm. that's my idea of retirement. And you can do the Walmart chant every morning. I'm, I'm oh, serious. Which I, is similar to drinking the Kool-Aid in Jonestown, <laughs> if you ask me. But <laughs> Or the pudding and barbiturates. <laughs> <laughs> or the Molaco Plus.
3: <laughs> and the Molaco
0: yet. <laughs> No, I'm I'm really concerned about that too because I don't I don't want to I don't want to be stuck not having anything for retirement and and that's where I'm going right
1: now because that's where everybody's going. That very topic got talked about with me and my good friend Lisa the other day because mm-hmm. you know her parents are, are sort of well off and and are retired and uh, somehow she was talking to her mom and and Lisa's mom said something like, "Well, you know, what about your retirement?" And Lisa just looked at her and went, "Retirement? Nobody in our age group gets to retire anymore." Right. Right. It just just doesn't happen. Yeah. The only way that you can retire is if you can
0: afford to put, you know, 15% of your paycheck into a 401k and then have some other investments on the side. Nobody's making that kind of money these days.
1: No, it's just not happening. And again, the trend doesn't bode well as far as I'm concerned because people, when desperate people get desperate, they do desperate things and... I mean, yeah. and of course, the media will just blame, call them crazy people and, and they won't actually a- a- attack the problem and address the problem of poverty and where it comes from. Because, you know, to say that crime stems from poverty is, of course, a dirty word in this country. You know, conservatives and reactionaries just don't believe that.
0: Yeah. And then there's this other balloon that's over everyone's head, mine included. It's it's the you see it. It's up there. No, it's it's, <laughs> it's debt. I mean, you, people have debt because of things that they need to do. You debt. Know. I've got debbed because I've I've bought a house because I want to have a decent place for my kids to live in a decent neighborhood. and I, I didn't have the hundred and whatever thousand dollars to just shell out in my back pocket, so I had to take a mortgage. I, I wanted to get a decent education and, and a decent university. so I took student loans. My wife and I took student loans. And there are a lot of people who have student loans, and they've got uh, mortgages, they've got car payments. And all of this stuff is just over our heads, and we're just we're we're actually just working to service the debt. That's all that we're doing. Well, that's all most people are doing. Yeah, and and we've got tons and tons and tons and tons of people across this country doing the same thing. Eventually, it's going to burst because we keep needing more and more and more, and things keep getting more and more expensive, but the the income is not increasing proportionately. So right. we end up getting more and more debt. Somewhere, it's going to burst, kind of like the housing bubble. It's going to burst and. What's going to happen is tons of people are going to
1: default on their loans. People well, are already I mean that's default. happening now if you look right. at the incidences of personal bankruptcy they're they're through the roof, you know, absolutely. But I I'm I, that's all going to burst, but I'm talking about what comes after that, you know, a few months down the road when parents are suffering watching their kids not eat and not be able to have the things, the basic fundamentals of living. That's when, you know, shit really starts to hit the fan as it were. Yeah. We're we're talking uh take it to the streets, do the right thing kind of stuff. Yeah, and I, I can't believe these people in office are blind to this. I mean, I honestly, I would love to meet one of these people and go, can't you see this? What are you doing? Do you know why they're blind to it? Well, because their legal bribes have to make them be blind to it. Because you got guys who are
0: doing million-dollar land deals while they're working in Congress. I mean, these guys don't
1: understand what the middle class is all about. Well, they Some of those people came from the middle class. and I, But they're I, not there anymore. No, you know, they're not. But I, they, I just can't imagine how you could be blind to it. It's
0: not that, that they don't
1: understand it. It's not
0: intellectually that they don't grasp it. Well, it's, I I think we should a, interview one of these guys. They don't feel it, so therefore it's easy for them to focus on other things.
1: Yeah, I mean, that might be true. Or it might be more, somewhat more or less sinister than that. Who knows? We should try to get Michael R. Curie on here, the guy who's going to take Bollert's seat. Do you think he's going to win? Oh, I have no idea, but you know, I'd rather see him win than Ray Meyer. Yeah, I keep hearing that 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 race is getting really ugly. Well, you know, all of the the mud ads, of course, are are all, uh, off the hook right now. You know, Michael Arcey eats children and kicks puppies. This ad brought to you by the Republicans. You know, and it's just it's ridiculous. Well, and it goes both ways too, yeah. from what I understand. Yeah, well, there is, but uh, the I've the, his ads aren't quite as bad uh, back of the Republicans. Uh, and these are all actually all ads that I've seen. The real mudslinging are the ones that are not paid for by themselves but by the Republican National Committee or the Democratic National Committee. Or, or those friends of organizations
0: you see paid for by friends of blah, blah, blah. Who are these friends? I don't know. They're not I mean, friends of mine. I'd like to have friends like that who can do a commercial for me.
1: I mean, you know, who is it? The friends. I mean, is it that the cast for the TV show? They can afford <laughs> to pay for these ads. They could pay for 10 of those ads just by doing one 30-minute gig. That's right. Anyway, let's jump into the next tune. Yeah, this is a a couple of guys, actually four of them. They call themselves the Four Bags. And it's a a real cool contemporary composition. I like it. Arranged for four instruments and four interesting instruments. So let's check it out. That is a cool piece of music. I dig. Pretty contemporary, very cool. Uh, uh, just something. Where'd you get that? We got that off Podsafe Music Pod Network, Safe right? Music Network, yeah. So there is some real music up there,
0: and written and by these, real
1: composers. These guys have uh, probably 15 tracks on there too. <laughs> what was their name again? The Four Bags. The Four Bags. for, and that arrangement was for like guitar or bass guitar, I couldn't tell. Yeah, it seems like they play different instruments on different tracks. They change it a little bit, but it's like... Trombone, guitar, accordion. accordion, bass guitar, clarinet, soprano, sax. Yep. Real nice arrangement. That's just really, really tight. That one was called Spop. S-P-O-P. That's right. Saw a really cool movie. I think you'd be into this one called Once in a Lifetime, colon, The Extraordinary Story of the New York Cosmos. Remember them? There was a, a colon in that? There, well, every one of them has a colon, as far as I'm. As far as I'm, even sure. Pele, he did, he did. Well, you know, I, I was just going to mention his name. Oh, sorry. North American Soccer League. I think it went from about sixty-seven to eighty-five in the beginning. In the North American Soccer League, rose and fell with the Cosmos. By the way, they were the franchise. And in the beginning, kind of like it the was Yankees of the Cosmos, something like that. I'll deny that. <laughs> and uh, they started out very semi-pro, playing you know on this, these god-awful fields with like 30 people in attendance. And then the head of Warner Communications, Steve Ross, decided he wanted to own a sports franchise. So he bought the Cosmos and they pitched Pele. Pele. The great one, the Pearl, the greatest soccer player ever. Amazing guy. Yeah, and he came over and played for them, and then suddenly attendance started to go through the roof, and the league expanded with that. And then suddenly, you know, they were playing in Giant Stadium, filling it with 77,000 people in the United States of America for a soccer game, you know, breaking North American attendance records. Unbelievable. Just absolutely unbelievable. And. I was sort of expecting to see more footage, archival footage of the team and those great bicycle kicks by Pele. Right, right. And but you know what? There wasn't a lot of that in there. There was, but not as much as I wanted to see. But what they interviewed the guys who started the league, they interviewed the Cosmos management, they interviewed all of these sort of minor side players. They interviewed, well, Cosell's not alive, but they had right. some period Interviews with Cosell and Marv Albert now and Marv Albert then. And it was just fantastic to see all this archival footage and and just see the rise and fall of the cosmos. And the cosmos didn't stop with with Pelé. They brought in uh, this Irish guy, Giorgio Canaglia, (laughs) Chinaglia, and they brought in Franz Beckenbauer from Germany. (laughs) And, and carlos alberto f- and uh, carlos alberto from brazil another great brazilian player and these guys just dominated the league i mean they never went undefeated or anything like that but they won the nasl championship like four times uh, you know in the late 70s and 80s and they just rocked and they really created this amazing amount of excitement for soccer in the united states and then steve ross the guy uh, from warner Attempted to get, I believe it was the '86. It would have been '86, the '86 World Cup here, because he wanted to ride that wave, you know, that Mm -hmm. that the NASL was was helping to create. But they ended up giving it to Mexico. So we we had the World Cup in '94, and that's kind of when the second rise of soccer started. You know, the American team started doing well. But I mean, you know, there were there were scenes of of Howard Cosell (laughs) talking about how he really thought. That soccer was going to explode, and I think if the '86 World Cup had come here, it would have stayed. It would have peaked, and it would have kind of stayed. And the NASL would have would have continued to live, but unfortunately, uh, it didn't. And you know, when uh, you know Pele, of course, only played for three years. I think the league ended up going until '85 but the cosmos had started to flounder under some management problems and and then the league started to flounder now the funny thing is i have been to an nasl game really in the early 80s seattle had a team called the sounders and we would go visit my brother in seattle and we went to the superdome or the kingdom the kingdom that's right the superdome in is new orleans which is now gone gone yeah they 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 wrecked it imploded but yeah we went to the kingdom the seattle kingdom which is where the super Sa- no it was where the the mariners played and the seahawks mm-hmm. as well as the sounders founders. And we didn't get to see him play the Cosmos or anything, but we did get to see some NASL games before uh, before the league folded. But I mean, this is a, an interesting piece of history. You know, if you're into soccer at all, you're going to enjoy this film. And, you know, there's so much uh, interesting background stuff we get to learn about these guys, including interviews with all these great players. And uh, like Shep Messing, their goalkeeper, that was a name. He was a name for a while. Yeah. And what you said earlier is kind of important because I think
0: that had soccer... Blown up and, and really taken off in the United States earlier in the 70s and in early 80s, I think that it would have stuck because right now professional sports in the United States it's all about the individual. It's all even in these team sports. I'm not talking about cycling or or golf. I'm talking about team sports. It's all about the individual superstar. It's about the bling, the lifestyle, and all of that showboating. And back then it wasn't so much. I mean, there was a lot of it going on. You know, there were big names, but it was all about team play. And soccer is definitely not a sport where you've got one guy carrying the entire team. It's all team play. Yeah, I
1: mean, one guy can make a difference.
0: Absolutely. One guy is going to make the goal, but it's always going to be with three or four assists. You know,
1: <laughs> but I mean, if you have a, a a pretty good team and put a guy like Pelé on there, you know, or a really good striker, put him over the edge. That'll that. Yeah, that'll lift him over the top. Kind of like Jordan. You know, I mean, he really when right. he was playing for the Bulls, when the Bulls really sucked in the 80s when he first got drafted, when he was playing, they started winning games. Yeah. Know? But if Jordan was playing with horrible players, it, Pelé? Would, it would have gone nowhere.
0: You had Jordan with Scottie Pippen and and Dennis the Worm Rodman. You had
1: guys who were really good players who really backed them up, and they made a great But I'm talking about before that. You know, He was an impact player. He made an impact immediately. But, I mean, it's a smaller number of players on the court. You know what else they documented in this film was when Pele tried to play baseball. (laughs) Oh, man. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think Pele tried to play baseball. But it was really cool. And uh, (laughs) one thing I actually sort of vaguely remember hearing was Shep Messing, the goaltender for the Cosmos apparently and I vaguely remember this but he posed nude in some magazine Ooh. and it was it was all the it created this huge uproar candy photography and there was no there was no decency clause or anything in his contract so he was like you know what's the big deal you there's know there's nothing
0: indecent about it
1: and he sort of looked like the Marlboro Man he had that 70's mustache <laughs> right. and like slightly wavy hair and it was like total mar- and they showed the spread if you will like in the and nothing else, probably yeah and, and it was really funny because they showed the full page centerfold but and when they panned down with the camera they had a rotating soccer ball over his crotch that they animated superimposed <laughs> over it so it was sort of funny they didn't do the funny. pixelated
0: thing they did the, the no, soccer ball no they just
1: had a little soccer ball there and really a nice piece of history if you're into soccer I, I definitely think you're going to like this film and it, and it, it was just wild, though, to see 77,000 people in the U.S. cheering for a soccer team. I mean, I would have loved to have been able to go to see some of those games. It yeah. must have been just unfreaking believable. To give you some perspective, packing Yankee Stadium is like...
0: 57,000 people. So if yeah. you got seventy thousand people. Green. I got a green story.
1: Okay, green. One of the when they first uh, brought Pe- Pele over, they played in this god awful place called Downing Stadium on Randall Island, and it was just this hideous place to Is play. It a prison. <laughs> Basically, groundskeeping was awful. The, the entire field was not covered with grass. But the first game when Pele came over, they wanted to make it look good, so they were spray painting the dirt green, oh. so that on camera. The field would look green. Pele gets off the field. They win the game. I think they, he gets off the field. He looks at his feet and he says, in his somewhat broken English at the time, he says, "I, I cannot play for you because I have the fungus on the foot." <laughs> <laughs> this green is my mud. first. This is my first and last game on this field. I've got the fungus, and it <laughs> was got, just green paint. They've got goats <laughs> on the field. Oh, that's pretty awful. But you know, and after they left that field, they played where? Yankee Stadium. There you go. And then they moved to uh, Giant Stadium in New Jersey, which I used to drive by on the way to Big Blue Meanie Recording when I worked there. Giant Stadium. New York Giants play in New Jersey. Yeah, those New Jersey Giants. Anyway, check it out. I think if you uh, like sports and sports history, you're going to like it. But I think we got a show. That's a show. So check us out on the web on our Blodge, B-L-O-G, the Blodge www.bloodyveg.com because if it's a veg it's a, vo- it's a blodge of course killing me yeah send us feedback to feedback at bloodyveg.com check out the forum where uh, we haven't had a lot of postings lately but we have had some crazy names applying www.bloodyveg.com slash forum yeah I think our forum needs some antibiotics <laughs> like you like me our forum has a virus <laughs> Anyway, I don't know. That's the it. That's the end of the show, man. That's the it. Yeah, so just remember, do everything we said and nothing more, and your life will be fine. what are we on? I don't know. We'll see you next time. (laughs)